work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Hello, everybody, to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. I am your hopefully friendly host, Jim, talking with the person that preached at Liberty Collingswood this past Sunday, my good friend, Derek Dalrymple. Derek, how are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I'm excited. This is my first. <laughs> it is your first. I'm excited too. So so for people that follow the entire galaxy of podcasts that Liberty Collingswood puts out, this is Derek's first time on... Derek is, is an elder at Liberty Collingswood. He leads our international partnerships team. If there's a role at Liberty Collingswood, Derek has probably filled it at least once or once or twice over the years first time on a podcast but Derek we do have a few listeners that tune into the podcast that aren't necessarily at Liberty Collingswood Helen Wolves as we intermingle with turtle doves you'll know that the inaugural podcast of five golden things the Liberty lists with Kelly Dalrymple is very close to Derek so this mm. is the other the other side of that awesome partnership that's my lovely wife yes so we've had kelly on it's only fitting for derek to have his turn so derek you were preaching this past sunday as we call it stormy monday right now on one of the practices of presence that we've identified as part of the represence initiative here at liberty collingswood service from john chapter 13 and before we jump into the passage itself it was as I remember, your choice to land on service for the specific practice of presence, uh, what brought you in that direction? Yeah, that is correct. I just have a heart for service. I yeah. love it. I love and I'm encouraged by Liberty Collingswood and how so many people are serving. Hmm. I think Eric mentioned on a Sunday morning, one morning we had 90 people serving. You know, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, it takes and, a village. Yeah, and it is encouraging. It's, you know, if, if a stand-in preacher is going to preach a message on a topic, yeah. let it be one that we're already doing well. Yes. Yeah, I, I second that, Derek. And when when you, when you said, hey, why don't I grab service as a topic to preach about from all of these various practices, I didn't have the experience internally of saying, Derek wants to preach on that one. I can't. I can't picture Derek talking about service at all. It's a foreign foreign coupling there. But quite the opposite, Derek. You have a huge heart for service, and it made all the sense in the world to me that this would be, or not that you wouldn't have been qualified to speak on any of the rest. You would be equally qualified to speak on all of them. But you do have, you do model, and practice what you preached this past this past Sunday about about service. One more question before we jump into the text: What? Could you give a mini, and I didn't tell you that I was going to ask this question, uh, a, a give a testimony. What's your, what's your personal journey as it relates to service? Is As people know you today, you have a servant's heart, and it's just evident through and through. 
is service a learned behavior for you? Have you gone through different seasons of, I used to not be into service at all, or I did, then I didn't. Yeah, what's the, what's the personal relationship through time with this topic? Yeah, actually, the opening introduction to the sermon was a story about me serving on a missions, short-term missions trip. Right. And that would be my, I guess, inaugural event into Christian service. I just started helping with a youth group mm -hmm. at a very large church down in Gloucester County and was taking part down there and was getting into service right? Uh, and enjoying, you know, kind of giving of myself, intermixing with kids, um, even kids that, you know, I kind of like to hang out with the kids that were the outsiders, the ones smoking out back and, yeah. you know, didn't grow up in a Christian home, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. and uh, really made a good connection with them. Um, from there, just kind of served, led a young adult group at a mm -hmm. different church, was a pastoral intern for five years, you know, service has been there. Yeah. It's been a pathway, um, but it's also a pushback against my laziness, which is huh. my... Uh, easy quality to adhere to. It is a push-pull relationship. Service is one of those very practical Christian disciplines where the rubber hits the road. Am I going to do this or not, right? Yeah, definitely. And laziness is something I love to do. Yeah. And we'll return to this during Muddying the Waters. I, was, I continue to have conversations with people at church about how COVID has made service a more complicated issue saying yes and showing up for something is harder than it used to be, I think, on, on multiple levels. How do we yet, in this weird moment, still take up that, that call to serve? So we'll, we'll come back to that. And so, Derek, if it was a couple months ago now that you chose service specifically to, to preach about, what were, you, what were you thinking, feeling burdened by, more specifically this past week, as relates to the topic going into Sunday? A lot of it is just my own struggle, mm -hmm. you know, as you said, pandemic coming out of that and even struggling to want to serve, yeah. you know, it's easier to stay home. And I have a little girl now that I didn't have pre-pandemic and I could use that as an excuse to stay home or I could, you know, choose to do something else or advance my career. You know, a lot of those things I actually mentioned in the service are yeah. close to me, right? you know. And I started a side hustle about probably about five years ago, mm -hmm. and I could have continued that. It was a lot of work. Could have kept that up, but you know, there's sometimes just led to do something else, led right. to give up myself instead of acquiring for myself. Yeah, service is one of those lost leaders where where we we give away without looking to what we can get back. So yeah. constant challenge and. Entering into Sun Studios here, Derek, presence of the Lord, John 13, what a, what a great passage about, about service, graphically illustrated. I think very, I think it was an email exchange, if I remember, when we were going back and forth. Hey, Derek, do you want to preach one of the Lenten sermons on practices of presence? Which one do you want to do? Whenever you came back with service, you pretty much immediately said, John 13 might be one of those passages that I would preach on in relation to this topic. Is it true that service brought you to John 13 pretty early in this process? Correct. Yeah, there were two two passages I was looking at, John 13 and John 
I think it's John 3. It's about John the Baptist where he says, I must... I must decrease, decrease. and he must increase. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about that actually during or ordination service. Um, not mine, but the very first Liberty Collingswood one where our first elders and deacons were coming yeah. through. And how I would preach that as the charge mm-hmm. and just kind of rolling through that in my mind. And that has kind of been hanging around and... And thinking through that here, as it comes to service, mm-hmm. I must decrease, he must increase. Yeah. Uh, but that along with John 13 and, you know, the identity that Jesus takes up. Right. You know, and that John 13 is a larger passage and it's, you know, Jesus is very clear. This is my example. Right. Do it. Yes. Yes. So this is where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. The disciples say, hey, what's going on? This is really weird. You're the one with more power, with more status. Why are you lowering yourself below your servants? And he says, yeah, this is, this is what, what I'm doing, and this is what, what you're supposed to do as well. I, I really appreciated, Derek, how, as you oriented us to this passage, you said this isn't just John 13, but it's within the larger context of John 13, 14, 15, 16, and then 13, 14, 15, 16 with 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer is a capstone. Why did you feel like it was important to cast some of that larger vision? And you also gave a great encouragement to our people, hey, read this chunk soon. <laughs> and it really does, it's it's one long monologue, kind of. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it takes place on what we would celebrate is Monday, Thursday before yep. the night that Jesus was arrested mm-hmm. and then Friday going to the cross and then raising, you know, rising again right. on Easter Sunday. But it starts with chapter 13, verse one, and it, that verse ends with, and he loved them until the end. Right. Yeah. And that is just played out through the example he gives, it's played out his interaction with Peter, it's played out with his example, you know, with Judas, mm-hmm. but also with, you know, John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. You know, at, you know and then I'm going to send the Spirit. Yeah, and then Jesus' high priestly prayer, you know, you know, he prays for them and he mm-hmm. prays for the world. Yeah. There's just this driving love within Jesus for his people. Right. You know, that was, he calls his own. Yes, that that's awesome, Derek. And I I have the passage up in front of me here. The so sometimes on Post Sunday Blues, everybody we 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 get nerdy with with original texts. Do you remember the love them to the end? Do you remember the Greek for that? Did you? Have, I I don't. I'd have to look it up. I'll confess, and hopefully, there's no other Westminster <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> I haven't We're touched busted. My, I haven't touched Greek or Hebrew in about five or ten years. So, so I'm I'm just thinking with it's in John's Gospel where Jesus on the cross says it is finished, and if I remember the Greek, there is to telestai, which is a verbal form of end, uh, like finish uh, the the terminus point. Yeah. yeah. So I I there's a connection there. I would guess that love them to the end has has that tell us word group somewhere in it so so in a pretty direct way it points forward not just to the cross in a general way but to how jesus summarizes his own ministry verbally on on the cross it's it's a pretty skillfully put together put together gospel awesome so in john 13 the first 
of your three points was talking about Jesus as the model of, of our service, either as you were studying the passage again or delivering it on Sunday morning. What, what struck you about this example of Jesus here? What, what jumped out to you either again or anew? I think it was verse three or four where it says, and Jesus knew mm-hmm. that he was going back to God and that he was God. Hmm. And I, I can't, that's not an exact quote, but... He had known that he had come from God and was going back to God. Come from God and going back to God. And that showed that, like, okay, he is choosing to lessen himself, mm-hmm. but there's no denying who he is. Right. And it's, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum here. It's, you know, all-powerful, almighty God. Yeah. And he has a destiny but yet he's choosing to lessen himself. Exactly. And midway through the sermon, I think in connection with your second point, Derek, you mentioned Philippians 2, where Paul talks about what's been called the divine parabola of of Jesus uh, being in very nature. God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, all the way to becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And what a what a graphic illustration of that of that dynamic in this passage. I, I loved how you talked about the, so I'm, I'm a superhero guy. So I perked up when you <laughs> talked about su- superhero stuff. Uh, you, you, you gave, you talked about Superman versus Clark Kent and how service means that we need to be better Clark Kent's in effect. So take walk, walk the listeners back through that illustration i thought it was really good yeah so yeah the illustration of clark kent and superman is that clark kent walks around every day in everyday clothes. spoiler alert clark kent is superman okay yes <laughs> <laughs> when, was it bruce banner is uh, the hulk yeah oh, oh i i know too derek here we go <laughs> diana prince so i with with that uh this is going to be one of the guitar slim pickens uh clara our fifth grader who was sitting beside me when listening? She's totally in into the MCU right now, and I think the examples you mentioned were Clark Kent, Superman, Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. who's Captain America, and then you said Donna Prince, and I and Claire was like, I know all about. She whispered, I know all about superheroes, <laughs> and and I said, Well, okay, Clara, who's Donna Prince? And she's like. Not important. <laughs> so, so, so you stumped my lovely know-it-all fifth yeah. grade daughter. And a little, and I think, and I fact check this. I think that her name is just Diana in the new movies, and that she's not actually Diana Prince. Is that correct? So, I had to do a little research on my is, own to use this, this analogy. Is, yeah, here, here we go. Helen was right in. If we're right about this, so. Wonder Woman is one of the superheroes that's been retconned a few different times. And so Donna Prince, Diana, I forget if it's Donna or Diana. 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 Donna is Wonder Girl, the so related, but not Wonder Woman. And I think Prince was an alias, but she's actually... Troy maybe is her last name, so I it, okay. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to get the research department <laughs> on this. But point being, we have point being is it B that, Clark Kent? Yeah, Clark Kent walks around in everyday clothes, mm-hmm. but then when the need arises, he takes a you know he throws open his shirt and he lets that emblem 
shine forth and mm-hmm. he goes and he saves the day. Right. And Jesus is the opposite where he has all power. He is the Superman. Mm-hmm. But here he's taking on the clothes of a lesser than Clark Kent. Right. And he's showing himself that I can show what looks like as weakness and still be strong. Mm-hmm. That was that was brilliant. I've I've never heard that illustration before. Can I ask? Was that something that just came to you, or did you hear it in another sermon? Or nope that's that's an original. That's me. a Derek Dale Ripple original. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think it. Like everybody wants to be Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And and get the recognition, uh, but service just drives us in the other in the other direction where we're to excel at being ordinary and just do the basic lowly servant type things which is which is what jesus did on our behalf and sometimes it's just cleaning toilets or sweeping up you know so tim keller said if you're going to be a street sweeper be the best street sweeper is to the glory of god that's right yeah and so so it 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 presses all of our ego buttons so there's it pushes against the laziness idol service pushes against the ego idol idol as well where um you know even when we do serve we want to be recognized for it we want to get the award we want to get the plaque but that's not the way of jesus at all mm-hmm. yeah yeah and he jesus shows us with a great example like he just he does all that language of john shows all that language of mm-hmm. you know taking off his outer garment and putting wrapping a towel around his waist and filling the water basin and yeah, it's interesting that he takes time to walk us through that. And I thought you did a really great job in the sermon, Derek, of of lingering over those details. Which John John as a gospel writer is not always the most detailed and narratival. Like he's he's more, or there are different opinions about this, but but John is stereotypically known as a big idea gospel writer. But in John thirteen the writer slows down John, the writer to give us these graphic detail after detail after detail about how Jesus physically lowered himself to serve. And I, not that I must decrease and he must increase is a bad piece of the piece of the Bible. It's, it's amazing. But I think what you gain with a passage like John 13 for some, for sermonic purposes is you get this real-time example of it that's so striking. And even the, the introduction that you used about being at a foot washing and emissions trip and having your, as a teenage, you said teenage boy. <laughs> teenage boy, and a note of embellishment, I was not a teenage boy, I was 21. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so as, as, as still a young chap. Still as a young chap and still awkwardly nervous and <laughs> right. sweating like crazy. Yeah, getting, getting your foot washed by a, by a young woman volunteer and your feet were really messy because you were doing a lot of, a lot of hard service stuff. Yeah, and if you've ever seen my toes, well, <laughs> they're nasty. Check, check the show notes later on, everybody. We'll have, we'll have photo evidence. I, I, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But yeah, so we're, so we're called to emulate Jesus' model of service. And in Mudding the Waters here, Derek, we'll talk about the motivations and the modality of service, but anything else more specifically about the Bible passage, John 13, that you'd want to bring out to us at this point? Yeah, it's, it's just incredibly rich. 
Yeah. There's so much that I didn't talk about. I didn't talk about the how you know the author he sandwiched this conversation with Peter in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't make a whole lot of sense in his conversation. Explain. Uh, you know, Peter says, "You're not going to wash my feet, Lord," mm-hmm. right? which rightly fits. Jesus is lowering himself, and Peter's like, "Don't lower yourself lower than me." Yeah. You know, and Jesus says, "I must. You must. I must wash your feet for you to have a share with me." Mm-hmm. And then Peter pushes back, never, and it goes back and forth, and then eventually Peter says. Wash not only me, but my head and my... All of me. My head and my hands as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Peter's like... Or Jesus responds to that with what seems to be kind of absurd. He's like, if you've already had a bath, you don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, which maybe Jesus is just like putting this conversation to rest. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But it's it's fun to look at that. It's it's great to look at it. It's, you know, it it's neat to see, but it's also like, what's going on here behind the scenes? Just, John is very, very deep. I I remember, and Derek, we were we were similarly examined to be licensed to preach on floors floors of presbytery, and I was asked during my licensure exam from earlier in John's Gospel, where where Jesus talks about, "Hey, if you want to be in heaven, you need to um, eat my flesh, drink drink my blood." and And I was asked on the floor of presbytery, so all of these older seasoned pastors. Sharks in the water, trying to to take a chunk out of the out of the young buck. I remember, and I I think I was asked the question because at my church at the time I was preaching through John's Gospel, and some older pastor raised his hand and said, "Oh, if you're preaching through John's Gospel, how did you treat this set of exegetical questions?" And I went through a couple of options, and I said, "Well, I thought about this as an option. I thought about this as an option, but at the end of the day, I just don't know." And then there was this big long pause, and 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 the pastor asking the question said, "Okay, come to think of it, I'm not sure either." And, and then we, they just went to the next question. So there's a lot going on in John's Gospel. If if people wanna wanna dig into a rich multi-course steak dinner of Scripture, John's Gospel is is a great place to do it. Derek, shall we muddy the waters? Sounds great. Okay, so I really appreciated how when you talked about our motivation to serve, bottom line, another spoiler alert, the gospel, the, <laughs> the, the central dynamic of the cross for us is our motivation to serve and our union with Jesus. You also hit squarely on the head the reality that we often get tired of serving. So, so you lined up the positive motivation that comes to us from the gospel with the stubborn realities of, of our own hearts. And one of the reasons that I'm a Christian is that at the end of the day, it's hard to motivate people, including myself, towards service. And what better reason to serve others than that the God of the universe has served us all the way through crucifixion and resurrection. Um, so how, how do you, and at the beginning of this pod, we were talking about this too, Derek, Tell me a little bit more about how the gospel motivates you personally, including in times when you have been running pretty low when it comes to desire to serve. Yeah, it's, I would say it starts with a, a love for others. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, towards the, if you say the pandemic has been the last two years, you know. Yeah. 
towards the you know the last six months of that two years, just feeling really low and feeling really I'm gonna say lazy because that's just calling a a bad name to it, but just yeah. feeling like I could stay home. Right. I would like to stay home, and I've been home for the last year and a half. Why not just keep doing that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then there's a love for others, and there's a love for God's church, and you're like, where does that come from? You know, that wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. And but that's that's a high level. Then a, a very deeper level is, like you just said, like Jesus has served. Right. And I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but the illustration I used. Uh, really hit for me when I was at a point in seminary during my gospels class, mm-hmm. going to write about Jesus setting his face, going towards Jerusalem, yeah, and then continuing to serve along the way and continuing to heal people and continuing to stop and value the one person as he's going to die and save the entire world. Yeah. The greatest event that could ever happen. The, the most important thing that could ever happen for all humanity, he still heals on the way. He doesn't say, I don't have time for that right now, or if you only knew what I could do. And mm-hmm. it just shows a love that God has, that Jesus has for individual people. Right. And that love extends all the way till the end, as verse 13 one says. You know? mm-hmm. And Jesus did. He, he served on the cross. You know, I mentioned about... Um, Jesus, I think it's in the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, Mary, this is your son. Yeah. John, this is your mother. And I don't think that's the author of John's Gospel. Maybe it is. I think it is, yeah. Okay. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's in John John's Gospel. Uh, Woman, behold your son. Uh, son, behold your mother. Yeah. And how Speaking he's... Speaking to the beloved. On the cross, he's doing this. Yeah. You know, breathing, I'm sure he's, his throat is screaming with hurt and pain Mm -hmm. and yet he's still willing to care still willing to serve still willing to to give of himself even more and more yeah and it's amazing it it truly is and so so who are we to take to take the high road did and so so derek tonight i had a phone meeting with another team leader here at liberty collingswood trying to get a temperature check for people's willingness to volunteer to show up to serve. And the way that I put it was, I think with COVID restrictions loosening a little bit, there's less acute and visceral frustration that people are feeling right now, but there's still this baseline of exhaustion where even with the, so with the COVID restrictions loosening, there is a lessening of the frustration and anger but that exhaustion's still there, and 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 that's not yet bouncing back. And we we need to go deeper with the gospel to find renewal within that exhaustion, so that we're able to serve again from places of of strength and and joy, and not just more exhaustion, more exhaustion, more exhaustion all the time. Mm-hmm. When when I was in Dirk, you know that I was in Oklahoma City a couple of weeks ago visiting a, a sister church of, of the Liberty Commune, one of the things that I was struck by, I don't think I've said this on a podcast so far since I've been back, as we were comparing notes over the past two years for for, the, for Oklahoma City, just different part of the country, COVID was like a two or three month thing. <laughs> and, and, and we actually had to like 
take a little bit of time to sync up as, as we've been talking about how the pandemic has been difficult in our minds up here. We're talking about two years and counting. And for them, it was this thing that was over a year and a half finished by the, by the time we were talking. <laughs> Florida lasted like two to three hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, or not, not to say that one part of the country is better than other or vice versa, but there are a specific set of factors here where we just need gospel renewal or we're going we're gonna to stay exhausted. And I think there's a missional dimension of that too, where for people in our region, if you're still frustrated or at a deeper level exhausted, where are you going to find the renewal that your soul and that your body needs if, if not in Jesus? So Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, even in a year such as, such as this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even with, like, like it's hard to, today I went, to, went into the office, I go into office one day a week, mm-hmm. right? it's hard to interact with people because my muscles are weak. Yes. But service is a great way to interact with people because, all right, if, if I'm struggling to hold a conversation, yeah, I'm still doing this thing. Right. Right. It's like, why do people like to play golf? Well, because they're doing this thing, and then they get to talk to people as they're doing it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a good distraction. Right. Yeah. I didn't know how to talk to people, but then I started doing fantasy football. <laughs> and then, yeah. That, that, that's totally, or, and I don't mean to belittle people doing fantasy, like, like it gives us means of natural points of engagement with, with others. I, I loved how you said during the sermon that service builds it it serves people in need but then also builds community because you're just serving alongside people there there are marriages that exist at liberty collingswood today where people met for the first time in something like easter outreach uh, serving alongside one one another so what derek is saying is if you want to get married you need to start serving (laughs) not really but it does. It, it does do great uh, to 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 build community. One other thing from the scriptures, and then a couple more odds and ends. Uh, Derek with mudding the waters uh, that that caught my ear from the sermon. You mentioned Peter already in a couple different connections. I liked, and I don't know if this was intentional on your part, but I heard a specific couplet of your mentioning Judas and then Peter as different examples of how the example of Jesus serving in John 13 was hitting different people in the room. I I thought it was really elegant to bring out both of those, to point out both of those examples. Tell me a little more about, about the Judas dimension and where you took that. Yeah. Jesus washed all 12 disciples feet, including Judas. Yeah. Verse two is very clear that Jesus had already known that Judas was going to betray him. And yet he still yeah. did it. And here he is kneeling before, I'm assuming Judas was somehow sitting or Reclining in some sort of posture yeah. that was above in order for Jesus to get to his feet. And here is Jesus, in a sense, kneeling before him, taking on his dirt on the towel. Yeah. The same dirt that came out of the, the temple or wherever the Pharisees were that he used to talk about the betrayal. Mm-hmm. That, I had never made that connection before in all my years thinking about John 13. That's pretty, it was pretty mind-blowing for me to hear that. And Jesus says, love your enemies, 
and here's here's exhibit a for all time jesus watching washing not just the feet of any disciples but specifically of judas yeah it's crazy and then you know peter pushes back and yep but there's two different outcomes hmm. you know peter's comes to a restoration mm-hmm. at the end of john's gospel you know really a great story yeah you know i hate the word use the word story it's a great yeah you know, uh, telling a great that. history. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And Judas has a different end. Right. But yet Jesus served them both. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Judas, not so much <laughs> yes. by, by, by the end of his, of his story arc. I also thought it was really helpful thinking about quality versus quantity and, less as more as a paradigm for for service is is that something that do you have any personal examples of seeing that play out in your own life when when less is more and finding service multiply its efficacy that way yeah when the example i mentioned was a pastor friend when i was in seminary yep his name is john john bell i'm sure he's still a pastor down in zimbabwe haven't talked to him in a little while Mm -hmm. but Funny thing is, we used to call him Jay Zed because we, somebody asked, "How do you spell Zimbabwe?" And he's right. like, "Zed, I." And I'm like, "What's Zed?" You know, as a English, bunch of, English. Yeah, as a bunch yeah. of Americans, we don't understand what Zed is, so we called him Jay Zed yep. for the rest of his time <laughs> there. Um, he's an older man, and he was there on sabbatical mm-hmm. studying, and I was just feeling really overwhelmed with my pastoral internship. Uh, a brief history there, I was. To get through seminary without taking on student debt mm-hmm. or student loans, I actually worked as a pastoral intern. The church was willing to pay for nine credits a semester for twenty hour, 12 to 20 hours a week, Right, which is a great deal for me. And I was very thankful for it, and still I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. But I was working a lot and living up in Glenside, Pennsylvania, driving down to New Jersey. You know, it's over an hour drive. Yeah every day to do that internship and just feeling the weight of it with my studies, with working on another side job, Mm -hmm. all that. And John said, you could do so much more if you do so much less. Hmm. And so I was like, well, what, you know, there are some, there's a way to trim the fat here, Mm -hmm. trim off some things that just don't need to be so that I can move more freely and serve God in a much better way. Can can you think of, and it's okay if it's far enough in the past, Derek, that that you can't bring it to mind. But um, some of the things that you trimmed, like I would imagine that there was within trimming the fat, maybe there are things that you were better off trimming anyway. But I would imagine too that there were some things that were in themselves good. That, yeah, that you had to let go. I was I was leading a young adult group, mm-hmm. and I was the pastors wanted me to bring bring me with them on their counseling sessions. Okay. And I thought, that's where I need to focus my energy right now. Here I'm hmm. getting pastoral counseling, which my, my MDiv was with counseling emphasis. Yeah. So I wanted to move in that direction. So I think I needed to take a step away from leading the young adult group, mm-hmm. which really needed to happen. And I was at a prime spot to do it. Yeah. There were other leaders who were stepping in. Uh, some of the youth pastors were ready to, hey, we want to help bridge the gap between youth and young adult. Mm-hmm. It's Excuse me. That's one of the things that I, I stepped back from. 
Yeah, and those are always hard decisions, but mm-hmm. but we need to pray for wisdom. And I I hope at Liberty Collingswood we perpetuate a church culture where we we want people to emulate some of that same like serve serve where you're being called and do it deeply and well. And we're not just trying to add a ton of things onto people just for the sake of of adding things on and exhausting folks and and all that stuff. Yeah, you want people to serve where they're gifted. And use them where God has, you know, because these are the people that God has brought to Liberty Collingswood. Yeah. And allow them to serve where they're gifted. And there's a bit of like taking yourself out, taking yourself out of your normal and stretching yourself. Yeah, it's a two-way street. But, yeah. But there is, okay, we need this bucket filled, but we don't have anybody there right now, so what do we do kind of right. thing, you know. We have yeah. to have a, we have to have a preacher on a Sunday morning, right? We have to have a worship leader. Yeah, Those are right. there's some musts. Yeah, right? yeah, but I I would affirm that as well. I think over the years as a pastor, in younger versions of myself, I was far more likely to force, and I, hopefully I was never, a, hopefully I'm not now, and never have been a super heavy-handed like manipulator, controller pastor. Even though there are plenty of examples out there of of those types and but for the grace of god there go i so it's not some it's not a danger that i'm above but i think run of the mill hey we really need you to we we really need somebody to do this we need i need a person to do this hey you're a person i think (laughs) this will be a great match and and not really thinking through people's bandwidth people's interests people's gifting or lessening my perception of those things and pushing ahead to get this spot filled just because we need it filled. I've learned the hard way over the years that that backfires. And when when people are serving in ways that fit them, even if they're doing super, super hard stuff, by the grace of God, that service is, is, is life-giving and energizing, even in the midst of sacrifice and exhaustion. But when people are doing things that that don't fit them service-wise, they'll burn out a hundred times faster and burn out recriminations. And the the team that was working well together is not working well together mm-hmm. anymore. So so we need the body of Christ that has many parts to serve in a cohesive way together, and not just all doing our own thing or even doing the same thing. Easier said than done. Yes, and, and yeah, and uh, I would assume you would agree with this, that there is a bit of stepping out also. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm only meant to be a greeter. I'm only going to be a greeter. That's all I'm going to do. If you talked to that kid 20 years ago on that Jamaican missions trip, told him he would be preaching on a Sunday morning, he would have had a few choice words for you, <laughs> you know. And But by the grace of God, I've kind of, in a sense, been pushed in yeah. a good direction, and it's a really good stretch for me, but it is over time. Yeah. And it's in the right way, and it's because I choose to do it, not because I'm being forced to do it. Yeah. that That's kind of a crazy thing to think about. What, what if there had been a voiceover, Derek, when you were getting your feet washed on that missions trip, and the voiceover would say, 20 years from now, you'll be preaching about this. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know what I would say. Yeah. Well, we we know that at, at the time and in the moment, you weren't thinking, this will make a great sermon illustration someday. 
<laughs> may not have been on the radar. Write it down in my little notebook. This will <laughs> preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, the, the waters have been helpfully muddied. I appreciated how at the end of the sermon, Derek, you said fill out the help form. We have gotten submissions over the past couple of days to, to into the help form. Awesome. And so now it's for for others myself and others to to collate and build up a database of of servants that that we can more more efficiently pair with needs and that sort of thing so beautiful bar band cover tunes a couple of references that i heard john calvin always somebody to somebody good to to quote in sermons talking about how service is not salvific, but sanctifying. Where, where do you find those words of Jean Calvin? On the internet. <laughs> On the internet. <laughs> Le internet. <laughs> I would say, well, since pandemic started, I and, and Scott Flovin would, when he knows this, that... Hello, Scott, and occasional hosts, just yes. a major domo of <laughs> Liberty Collingswood, podcasting and otherwise. When the pandemic started, I needed to uh, pour myself into a new discipline with the extra time that I had from commuting, mm-hmm. and I started reading through the institutes. And I don't know if I knew that. I, and I, I started doing it in the old Westminster way of digesting them. Mm-hmm. Remember this system? Oh, yeah, classes, right. Write a sentence on every paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started doing that, and I'm not through. I'm not even through book, halfway through book two. So okay. I'm moving a lot slower than I want, and I really haven't touched it in a couple of months. But mm-hmm. I may have seen it in there somewhere, and yeah. Huh. So, so church history has been on my mind the past couple of weeks a little bit more, Derek, with Matt Harmon doing the Facebook Live event last night, talking about liturgical calendar, Lent, church history, Reformation period. What... What's it been like going through? Have you read the Institutes before? Or is this the, or you at least read parts of it for, for Westminster? What what's it like, from this vantage point going through going through the Institutes? I'm curious. It it's good. He, there's a lot of stuff that we gleaned over, at Westminster, and some of it's like, yeah, there's a reason that we did, mm-hmm. and then others it's like, this is really good information that we shouldn't be. You know, his whole purpose behind writing them is to train pastors for pastoral right. ministry. And that I read the introduction and I read about he had he had a disease. And I don't remember it offhand because this is uh, about two years ago. It's right it's in the very beginning. Hmm. And that spurred him to to keep pushing. And hmm. to, I don't know if he took a step away from writing commentaries to write the institutes or he vice versa. But that disease somehow played into that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember that detail, but that's really evocative. One one other, here's here's a little, a New Orleans term is lanyap. I don't know, Derek, if you're familiar with lanyap. It's L, uh, if I can spell it, L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E, a French, a French Creole word. A little something extra. So lanyap about Calvin, Carl Truman, one of our professors, gave the factoid that as he was training pastors in in Geneva, there was what we would come to call a seminary, a proto-seminary there in, in Geneva with, with Calvin and others training uh, Protestant pastors to go into parts of Europe that were not Protestant. And the, I remember Truman saying that the average life expectancy after graduation 
for people coming out of that seminary was six months. Wow. And just, just imagine, I don't know how many years that, that practice went on, but just imagine year after year graduating classes of pastors and Christian workers, most of whom would not last the year. Crazy. So Derek, any other bar band cover tunes, any references that you mentioned that we haven't hit here one way or another? Any other reference? There's one that I was thinking about that I didn't actually say during the sermon. That's uh, a guitar slim pickens, but let's go there. Uh, so, so these are the outtakes. Yeah, so, and I used this in a sermon at a different church years ago. Um, Jesus in sense, and it's, it's, a, it's a hot term, you know, the word servant. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to be very sensitive there. But there are two Moravian missionaries who wanted to work with slaves, and so they sold themselves into slavery. Huh. And it's a really neat story because they tried so hard to go and work with slaves, and they were in a you know foreign country, and they were trying there, and the government would say, no, 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 you're going to disrupt them, you're going to cause unrest, whatever. Yeah. And But they said, these people need Jesus. Hmm. And they saw the value in them, they saw their identity in, as people and, and their need for Christ. And so they sold themselves into slavery in order to reach them. That's service. Hmm. You know, the sacrificial service of giving up everything to move to reach a certain people group that were unreachable. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a great story, Derek. I I hadn't known of that. The, these are Moravian brethren that from from years ago. Mm-hmm. Huh. What a contrast when studying for the Lenten sermon series last year about racism and injustice. I think there was a story or collection of historical anecdotes from Jamar Tisby's Color of Compromise, where the U.S. Uh, I'm mangling some of these details, but 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 there is an agreement between U.S. and or specifically Southern government officials getting the missionaries to agree not to evangelize enslaved people um, because it would hurt it would hurt the economy too much, and so that 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 wasn't the whole story there, but you have the Moravian brethren going in the opposite direction and saying that these are people made in the image of God that, yeah. that need served with good news. And seeing value in them, you know, and not just as whatever the slave owners, slave masters saw them as, but yeah. to see them as people and that, that Christ is worthy to be proclaimed there amongst those people. Amen. That's a great story. That And so thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. I wouldn't have known it apart apart from this conversation. The thinking of other other bits and pieces, I, I won't give the content of the text that you gave me on Saturday, talking about when you were going through the sermon ahead of time with Kelly and she suggested some different wording on one of the on one of the specific <laughs> points with, with with Jesus and the disciples that that I it, it was well done by Kelly to to catch that yes. one before it got to the before it before it, it made the made the final copy but I appreciated you you said they sending that my way that that will remain on the cutting room floor speaking of which anything else guitar slim pickens Derek yeah I, I mean 
I'll say this. You, you mentioned Kelly. I'm super thankful for her help. Yeah. She has served not only me, but Liberty Collingswood by sitting down with me on Friday and even Saturday and just kind of working through some wording, mm-hmm. working through how things get, you know, get spoken in a way that is clear and concise yeah. and keeps people engaged. Right. I'm super thankful for that. It's, an, it's a demonstration. It's an example of service. Yeah. This was her her nap time. You know, it's Jean, when Jean is napping, it's free time for her. It's free time for me. And she chose to use it to help me. So I'm thankful for that. What a great example. A, a, gift, a gift to you, a gift to our church just over this over this past week. So thank you, Kelly. And Helen Wolves, thank you for the ways in which you engage with this podcast as we wrap up with our Encore section. It is still PostSundayBlues.gmail.com if you want to write in with any questions. If, if you have anything for Derek, go ahead and write in. And for next week, we'll get him back on or I'll have communication with him to be able to answer questions from John chapter 13 or otherwise. Or for me, as the podcasts keep rumbling forward, please keep in mind to rate, review, and subscribe this and other Liberty Collingswood podcasts coming your way. Derek, thank you for the sermon on Sunday. Thank you for taking the time today to talk through and unpack the sermon a little bit more for us. Any any final shots, parting words? Yeah, my pleasure, and thank you for for having me on. Anytime. Let's exciting. do it again, brother. And we're done. Coming in for a landed. So close. Is the plane going to touch down? How was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more post-Sunday blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Do we need to take that? That all-color joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's staying in. <laughs>